Thank you for tuning in to another episode of this freaking show, the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. I'm your host, Travesty, and alongside me is... Awkward Colin. And Geekcast Joe. Guys, I know um, every time we start the show, we usually start off with, uh, you know, hey, how you doing, how are things going? But I'm way too excited about this show, about what we're going to do for it, to even do that. So if it's all right with you guys, I kind of just want to jump into what we're doing tonight. Absolutely. That's fine with me. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight our show is purely zombie related. We're going to be talking zombie movies, zombie shows. We're going into the history of zombies. We're going to be talking about news related uh, zombie incidents. And we're actually going to talk to a close personal friend of mine who is, I'm going to, I'm going to call a zombie fanatic who actually kind of has like a zombie survivalist plan set forth uh, for his life. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce, uh, introduce to you Graham Parker. Graham, how are you doing tonight? What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, uh, you know, I'm here. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm good to hear that. Um, I want, well, obviously, you know, to give you a quick introduction, uh, you know Colin already. Yes, sir. And um, the, the other gentleman on, uh, on with us this evening is my stepbrother, Joey. Hey, nice to meet you. You too, man. So, um, so real quick, uh, Grandma, before we jump into um, you know the the zombie survivalists, won't I tell people a little bit about yourself? You know who you are and such. Um, well, first and foremost, I am a father. Um, Good answer. Got... Strong start. <laughs> yeah, they kind of take over your life, so it's, there's not a whole lot other. To me, than being a father, uh, I, like you said, Travis, uh, I like zombies. I'm pretty much a fanatic about zombies and jeeps. Those are my things. Excellent. Good to hear. Now, uh, now, what is it about the zombies that you really got interested in? The whole concept of zombies itself. Um, actually, it started off um, way back when my my daughter, my oldest daughter, was first born. Uh, we got stuck without power for a couple of days um, during a snowstorm right before Christmas. And uh, I just started kind of like preparing for there from there. And I was, you know, trying to get prepared for like any situation that would happen. And then I had been talking to a buddy of mine and it was like, well, if we started prepping for the zombie apocalypse, we're pretty much, we'd be prepared for anything that <laughs> could possibly happen. So it kind of like went from there and then it became an obsession, books, movies, TV shows, I mean, all of it, really. I, it's Sweet. Just kind of, it's, it's entertaining to me, and it's kind of, I, I would say it's pretty serious. I might need help. <laughs> <laughs> a little addiction there? A little bit, a little bit, because it, it gives me an excuse to be like, oh, babe, c- can I buy this? We <laughs> really need this. I could use this. I have a million things I could do with this. You should let me buy it. You I have see my uh, wish list. It's incredible. I have a friend who keeps a trench hawk in his car. Just one? Uh, he has other things there too, but yeah, just one trench hawk. I, I actually had a buddy of mine forge a warhammer oh. slash battle axe with a sixty-inch handle with a uh, a mace uh, pommel at the bottom. Now you're talking. Me. So yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of. Uh, blunt and edged objects or weapons, however you want to put that. 
Sweet. But yeah, the trench hawk, it's a good choice. Multi-purpose, you can throw it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good tool, it's a good weapon. Yep, it's got a, a, a chopping edge and then the, like a stabbing edge, so. Okay, so it's got like, so basically when you throw it one way or the other, whatever is being it's being thrown at, when it gets hit, it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll split your melon either way. Yeah, those are fun. So, based on movies and everything, is the accurate way to kill a zombie uh, by uh, a head blow? Well, I'm going to be honest here with you, since the idea of the the whole zombie thing has not actually been put into practice yet, or, you know, not that we've seen on a grand scale, I'm going to say yes. Only because it makes perfect sense that you you know you destroy the brain, you destroy the center of everything in a body. You know they it won't be able to function or you know do what it needs to do. Well, what about cockroaches? I don't really know, man. You can nuke those little guys, and they're still here. So uh, I, I I heard that cockroaches can survive uh, nuclear blasts. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. They're they're like the Twinkie, man. <laughs> I think they can only make it ten days without their head, though. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. See, that's that's better than us because we we really don't make ten seconds yeah, without our head. So, true. But I, I'm I'm pretty sure they were designed like that was their uh, evolution mm-hmm. to be like. That. As as far as zombies, you know, if we're talking like zombie humans, you know, they lose their head. It's the same as you know an actual living, breathing human. You lose your head, you're You've lost all control, so you're not going to be breathing or talking or living. Makes sense to me. So, um, so uh, enlighten me here. Where did the uh, origin or the concept of zombies come from? You know, I forgot. Uh, there was a the original zombie movie was uh, Night of the Living Dead, black and white movie, and. I don't think they were like they were dead, but it, it was it was weird because they they only wanted the brains. Um, it's kind of like it's it's been a, uh, a a writer's thing for you know a long long time. Um, originally, you know, you got you got the zombies when you when you created or when. People started writing about, like, vampires and such, you know, living dead, you know, vampires, you know, have to suck the blood to live. And then zombies just kind of went in from there, you know. They don't get the cool powers. They don't get to turn into bats. They're just kind of like, you know, army of the undead, like, raised from the grave and eat and consume. Okay. I'm drawing a blank on who the guy was that created that. Oh, thank you. Max Brooks is pretty much the modern god for this is modern zombies. Ah, oh, man, I'm trying to think of who the first zombie guy was. For Night of the Living Dead? Romero. Yeah. Was yeah. That, yeah, yeah, George. Yeah, gotcha. that would be him. Yeah. <clears throat> Joey has a vast knowledge of pretty much everything. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I've noticed that over Jack of all trades, master of none. Several episodes. <laughs> that's, one the, that's one of the big reasons uh, Joey's definitely here with me because if I start saying something stupid, Joey will give me that questionable um, 
You mean this? <laughs> and I'm like, of course I mean that. I went. Uh... I mean... <laughs> um, but I don't know. Um, to kind of go off um, some information I'm looking up, um, it's saying that uh, there are two different theories based on the origin of zombies. One is virus, and one is um, a curse. Now, which one do you believe is the true uh, theory behind a zombie? Is it a virus or could it be a curse? I, I believe it's a virus. How about you, Joey? I'd, I'd have to agree. Colin? I'd definitely say the it would be a virus, too. Or or possibly a fungus. I think there's already, like, a fungus amongst ants that can control, like, it gets into the ants' ecosystem and it makes them climb up onto a branch and then it the, the fungus sprouts from the ants and sends more spores out into the world, thereby furthering itself. I've actually heard something like that. Yeah, so I, I think either a fungus or a virus would be the two most likely, but probably a virus. So I'm, I'm the only one that believes uh, curse then? <laughs> yeah, the I think so. Curse. Or if you're talking like the original uh, George Romero, like hell is full and now it's just flooding onto Earth. I mean, it 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 depends. It depends on your spirituality, I guess, and like what you want to believe the afterworld is. But I, you can't you can't deny science currently in this this time frame because I mean, look at all the the bio weapons that that are going on, and I mean, just all that stupid stuff like the weaponizing Ebola. Like, really, like. These, right. these are why, if a zombie apocalypse happens, that's exactly why it's going to happen. I mean, if you look at I Am Legend, you know, they, they took a virus that's actually harmful to humans. They they were like, oh, well, we're going to give it a different driver and everything's going to be golden. No. No, it's not. Because we weren't meant to mess with it. And now God is like, uh, yeah, we'll deal with it. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Well, um. One of the uh, one of the earliest zombie movies I know that I've watched. Um, it was a very old movie called uh, "We Buried the Living," and uh, the basis on that movie is uh, there's a map, all the graves in the cemetery, and if you put a certain kind of pin on a certain kind of uh, grave, that person mm-hmm. comes to life. Now that person, I, to me, is considered a zombie, right? Anything undead is considered a zombie, correct? Right. Right. Okay. So. That would be curse related. Now, see, I could see that being more logical compared to. Now that I think about it, it actually kind of sounds. sounds um, I'm going to go with virus. <laughs> <laughs> so we all agree virus is the reason. Perfect. Now, you were talking about a pin. Yeah. Yeah. Now, just like, like, you're talking about like, like a clothespin? Well, not like a like clothespin. Voodoo but, or something? Like, yeah, like, ba- like basically if you look at the concept of voodoo, there was a map on the wall in the, uh, the um, who's the guy that deals with the uh, the graveyards? Well, I, I believe Grave that like, the, the oldest recorded thing about zombies actually had to do with the voodoo religion, but they weren't, they weren't the kind of, they weren't like, oh, brains or eat. They were kind of used as slaves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would be more okay with that. I want to like say Fido. Well, what's what's the name? What's the name of the people who take care of um, cemeteries? Grave something or what are they called? Gravekeepers. Caretakers. Caretakers. Caretakers works. Yeah. So so the guy so the guys in the caretakers building. And there's just a map of all these cemetery these plots, and it's just a push pin. I think if he pushes a, if he puts a red push pin in it, it comes to life. Yeah, that sounds like voodoo, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, now obviously I retract my statement saying voodoo could be the real reason. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, right. Well, not you know, not to change the subject on my ignorance, but I was looking up some more information about this uh, George Romero's guy. Do you know what his first paid directing job was? No. Nope. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. No kidding. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's bizarre. It says that his first paid directing job was Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Romero says that this project somehow inspired him to pursue horror films. Huh. <laughs> well, uh, That's kind of interesting. You know, I've seen the puppets on that show. I could totally <laughs> see the connection. <laughs> oh. Now, now I'm thinking about Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood differently. I don't think I can watch that with the kids now without thinking about the zombies. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Fuel the fire, guys. Fuel the fire. Mm-hmm. Here, here's an interesting fact for you. There is a law in Haiti that makes it a crime to turn someone into a zombie. That well, makes that sense is, since they're big on voodoo. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. big on voodoo. It's, it's like uh, their natural national religion. Mm-hmm. Article two forty nine states if someone drugs another person, buries him as though he were dead, and then digs the person up and brings them back to life, it is still considered murder. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. See, that's in Haiti, that's not here. Yeah. You know, there's i I think I saw a documentary on I didn't watch the documentary, but I read the like I like watch the trailer for it on Netflix. There's a drug in Colombia that can do that. Where you just like you can blow it in someone's face. That's what she said. And um nicely done. <laughs> and uh they'll be instantly under your control basically and they'll have no memory of it and you can control them for yeah. years. There's one guy who like is on like a 26 or 27 year trip now <laughs> with that drug. I've never heard of that, but that is Interesting, and I'm going to look that up tonight. Thank yeah. you for my lack of sleep tonight. Yeah, no problem. It's called, I think it's called The Most Dangerous Drug in the World or something like that is the name of the documentary. Okay. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I think it is. Yeah, I think I've seen it then, or I've seen it on the queue before. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I never, now that we just got done deciding it has to be a virus, uh, that would be an interesting idea too, is if there were some kind of chemical weapon that influenced large groups of people to just attack with no see, you frontal lobe action. That, that would be the exact reason why the ZPOC would actually happen. Right. Someone somewhere was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to know anything else about it, but I'm going to experiment it. Eh, I'm going to release it on these people. Let's see what happens from there. What's, uh, what's the ZPOC? No, zombie apocalypse, man. Break it down. Z-Pac. Oh, I thought it was like chicken pox. <laughs> very, very similar. I'm old. Okay. <laughs> You'll only get it once in your life. Oh. That, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a great name for it. I've never heard it called that before, and I really like it. Uh, it's See, I'm, I'm in a group, uh, or I'm actually in a couple groups on Facebook that are like, they're pretty much populated by obsessed people like myself. That's why I feel so at home there. And that's, that's what we break it down and call it, you know. I can't spell apocalypse. I barely graduated high school. So, you know, it makes everything a lot easier for me, you know, z Yeah, I mean, well, it just it sounds, 
I don't know, cooler than like Z Day or right. actually saying the whole thing. I don't know. So I dig it. I'm gonna make I probably make my friends say it now. You're welcome. <laughs> so so let's uh let's uh let's talk about uh, zombie survival for a little bit then. Let's say there was to be a, an outbreak. What what's the first thing that you do? First thing I do? Well, I'm going to take a nap while the National Guard does their thing, and when they're overrun, I'm going to be well-rested to start popping shots with my 12-gauge. <laughs> well, okay, so let, let's let's ask the question, Lou. What's the first thing you do when a zombie comes to your door? Where, where actually, where would, if there was a purpose right now, would you be staying at home, or would you go somewhere else? I am absolutely not staying at home. See, my... All right, this, this is hours and hours of discussion with several like-minded individuals. Where I live is too urban an area. What would probably happen is I would break the windows of my house, you know, leave the front door open, make my, like, scatter stuff all over the yard, the backyard, make it look like my house has already been looted, mm. and barricade the basement door, block up all the windows, and hope to ride it out for the initial part of the looting and the whatever would follow. And then as soon as things have gotten, you know, more zombies have killed more people and, you know, the the bad people have decided that it's time for them to move on, I'm going to attempt to make it to a remote location that would be, you know, prior prior to it stocked and ready to go. But at the same time, I have a lot of friends in, that are LEO and a lot of friends in the military. So I think I would be informed well ahead of time enough to be like, oh, well, this is what's going to go down. Even if it wasn't to go down, I'd just kind of be like, all right, everybody get in the Jeep. Let's go and uh, go to a remote location that is defendable and hidden. So uh, so when uh, shit hits fan, you're... Uh... You standing alone or are you finding a group? See, that's that's the thing is alone, like alone has its advantages, but so does being in a group. Um actually my 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 group would be my family because I, I've started the kids out pretty young, you know, we do a lot of we we play with like nerf guns and like we sword fight and stuff with like the little nerf swords and stuff yeah but it, and as as much as it's a bonding experience you know i get to you know learn with my kids and hang out with them it's also kind of like training you know like um my oldest you know you give her give her the nerf gun and i'll go hide in the house she can clear the house to her it's a game but it's a game she could you know apply to real like real world scenario you know, if, some, if something was to come into the house that, you know, and saw like, God forbid, something happened to me, hopefully my dogs would be able to take care of the problem before I got involved. But if something happened to me, you know, I wouldn't be leaving them completely defenseless or, you know, without some sort of skill set. How, how long does it take your daughter to clear the house? Uh, under three minutes. Damn. You know, uh, you know how long it takes me to clear a house? I don't know. Uh, as long as it takes me to grab my keys and run out the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a way to do it. 
Well, see, your situation is a lot different than mine. You know, I, I got two dogs and two kids and a wife. And although my wife started off as anti self-defense as you could get, you know, after 10 year, 10 years of being together, eight years of marriage, she's like, she's kind of like seeing things from my perspective now. Like, <laughs> Oh, well, let's not go looking for trouble, but man, if trouble finds us, let's make it regret it, you know? Oh. And, uh, no, I'm, I, um, I got a dog who doesn't know how to bark, so he ain't going to save my ass. <laughs> I got Colin, who is literally my only line of defense, but by the end of the day, the house is insured. So Yeah, well, buddy. Are, are, you, are you planning on using Colin as a meat shield? Uh, Colin is going to be my defense, just irregardless. I'll start freaking out. Colin will grab the gun. Colin will, Colin will jump into action, and I'm out the back door. See? See, that's a good friend right there. That's a good roommate. That's right. Well, he won't know I'm gone. <laughs> that's the well, only reason he see, asked me to be his roommate. An a-hole. So. I'll, tell him I'll, I'll tell him I'll get the back door. And <laughs> right out. Coops will come with me. Though. I can't leave Coops behind. <laughs> but no, I get, I, it's usually the quiet dogs you got to worry about because I have a German Shepherd. She'll bark at you when you're on like the property line. She'll stop barking at you as soon as you're on the property. And she'll wait for you to come inside so she can bite the crap out of you. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And the other one sounds like a freaking gargoyle, so no one, everyone's like, oh, well, yeah, that house, nope, not going there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so with, uh, with you uh, talking about how you guys play this, uh, this game, this um, training game, if you will, um, when your kids get older, eventually, you know, they come to the point where they're able to use a real gun. Would you be turning in the Nerf guns to an actual gun to do some kind of training of that sort. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in a house that was military friendly. Um, we, I've always been taught my, my entire life that guns were tools. They weren't weapons. They were tools. They were, they were just mission-specific tools. I mean, if you look at anything, anything could be a weapon, a pencil, a hammer. Right. Those I think uh, Riddick uses the handle of a cup. Yeah, yeah. See, exactly. It's, it's, it's the way you use them. I was taught, you know, a shotgun was the way to, you know, bring home some, some meat, defend yourself from snakes, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I've, my whole life I've been taught, you know, to respect law enforcement and you know, a lot of my family members are, you know, service members and, you know, we weren't, we never shied away from guns. Now, have my kids, when I come home from like the range or something, you know, I'll let my kids be there when I'm cleaning them, you know, and I'll answer their questions. I'd rather answer their questions and I'd rather have them be upfront with me instead of like sneaking around. You see all these like news things in South Chicago and like, oh, you know, a three-year-old shoots another three-year-old. Well, that's because they were curious. First off, the owner of the weapon just left a loaded weapon around. Yeah, that's not cool. Not cool at all. But a lot of these problems happen from people that are leaving these guns around, around a curious child. They can see movies, TV, whatever, but you have to sit down with the child and tell them, look, this is not a toy. You know, like my oldest daughter, she know, well, they both know, both of my daughters know that you treat all guns like they're loaded, even if you've watched the person unload them, you know, fingers off the trigger, never point the gun at anybody. 
ever. You know, guns are tools, not toys and all that. Like, so when I'm cleaning them, you know, I'll break it down and I'll show them what I'm doing and I'll explain to them what I'm doing and I'll answer any question they have because I'd rather have them have the knowledge than the curiosity that could possibly get them hurt. Yeah. I, that's plus, awesome. Plus I keep, you know, the trigger locks on everything. You know, I got the, I got the barrel locks and I mean, it's kind of redundancy after redundancy. That's why I've, I like my big axe now because now I don't have to worry about taking all these locks off. If someone comes to the house, I'm just going to hit them with a war hammer. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, I know, uh, I know you did mention to me before we talked about this that uh, your kids like to um, shoot bows. Yes, yes. And uh, from what you said, they're actually pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. Evelyn, Evelyn's getting better. Every single time we go, she gets better and better. And that actually started as a joke, uh, believe it or not, getting on the bows. And uh, um, Evelyn had seen a Disney movie where the character was pretty dominant with a bow and then then she saw the hunger games and so she was just kind of like yeah i'm gonna get good with it and she she has she's gotten very good with it she's getting better and better riley she doesn't really care my youngest doesn't really care she'd rather throw the arrow at an object (laughs) well you know it's still effective in some way so (laughs) semi-effective so so how good's the aim like what we talking about like distance wise from target uh, right now, about thirty feet, and she's gonna hit the target. Um, usually we then I don't have her aim at anything smaller than six inches, but she'll hit it for about thirty, thirty-five feet. That's better than I've ever been, and I was a Boy Scout. <laughs> now, now for those uh, for those adults listening to us who hear that, thinking, "Oh, you know, a big deal." How old is your kid when she's doing that? Uh, we started her off when she was five. She's eight now. She's eight now, hitting a target at 35 feet away. Yeah, she was hitting the target the first time she ever got with a bow, like matched up with a bow and, and her her ability to use. And uh, Joey, how old are you? I am 25. So how does that make you feel? <laughs> I mean, I've never been gifted in that area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I usually say, I'm not good at it either. It's like, yeah, I could do that, but you know. Right. I got something to do. Well, see, where the youngest lacks the the skills to put an arrow on target, um, I actually made the mistake of being like, oh, you should see. I was, I was actually, I have a vast collection of small bladed uh, weapons, and I let her handle, I have a, um, a 15th century uh, Viking axe, axe replica, big, big, big blade. And I, I made the mistake of being like, oh, you like that? You can have it. You know, it just stays in stays in the collection. But every once in a while, I let her out in the backyard where she can, you know, attack stumps and the firewood with it. And, you know, for being six, I feel pretty confident that if I was to put her into a room with zombies, she would come out on top. She's, she's definitely got berserker blood. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So okay, so zombie apocalypse. Okay, you're you're sitting here. It's happened. What is in your survival kit? My survival kit, or what the recommended Our, survival kit? My my go-to kit has been modified. I 
I think you and Jennifer have actually had this conversation one time when you were at my house about the level of money and time I have put into my my kids. And I, I change them all the time. I'll get bored. Like like this morning, I got bored. You know, I was thinking about it and I, I ran in, uh, downstairs in the basement. I just started throwing more stuff together in a different pack and rearranging it. You know, it just what I do, like my, my EDC, my everyday carry um, has changed dramatically since I, uh, I started a new job last year. I don't have to carry all that stuff because most of the stuff for my job is what I would carry daily. But uh, my my go to kit, you know, involves a first aid kit. Uh, then I've got uh, hold on, I got I got a list of everything. I made a list for you actually today of what I've got in my kit. I broke it down because I'm awesome like that. Um, I've got everything in my kit. I I got a first aid kit, wool blanket. Um, I got the fire starters. I got battery zippos. Uh, the uh, the steel wool, uh, magnifying glass. Steel wool for what? Um, well, it's a it's a way to start a fire. You you put the battery on the steel wool, like you make the steel wool a conductor, and essentially it'll just get so hot that it starts a fire. Okay. Yep. And it's it's actually a really good way to start fire if you have an accelerant and like you're in inclement weather. Um, the big rule I have is one is none, two is one. So I try to keep multiple ways of doing things. Like um, I carry a small pot or like it's actually a large tin cup, something that I could boil water in. But I also have a life straw. I have the iodine tablets. Um, I carry a crunched up uh, charcoal so I can make a filter with a bandana or something. Or God forbid, one of my socks. Because I, I don't know if I want to drink that kind of water, even if I'm going to die. Yeah, that might you might risk dysentery over that. <laughs> yeah, not not really worth that. But you know, I, I we live in a really crappy area where you know Mother Nature can't make up its mind. It's been a great spring so far this winter. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I extra socks, uh, you know, layers layers of clothing that I could do. Uh, I got emergency shelters. Um, keep MREs, freeze dried foods. I got the energy bars that they put on uh those uh rafts when the boat goes down and they give you like twenty eight thousand calorie bar that should last you for like two weeks or something like that. Um unfortunately we live in Illinois so I don't really carry anything other than my uh pocket knife with me. Um even though you know concealed carry is, is legal, I'm, I've never encountered a situation where I've needed it, so I've you know been slow to get that. Yep. But if you know if I'm if I'm trying to get home in like a Z-Pack, you know, or if I'm trying to go somewhere, of course I would have my sidearm and you know my my main battle rifle and definitely a big axe. I don't know why <laughs> I just love axes. I have a ton of swords, but I just love axes. Probably because you can throw them. I like that. I also like uh, you don't need as much skill with an axe, I don't think. Well, I mean, yeah, I, still, I would, you still need, like, hand-eye coordination with them. But, yeah, it's exactly it. Their axes are kind of like the shotgun of the right. bladed world, you know. Point and swing. Yep. That's what I like about them. I'm also a big fan of, like, a spiked my, uh, mace or a yeah, warhammer. Like, yeah, the, the blunt objects, those are blunt force traumas. Really a hell of a way to go. 
And it, it, think about it this way: if someone, if someone was like, like body armor is pretty pretty prevalent right now. A lot of a lot of the tacky cool people are like, oh man, I've got you know level five ballistic plates, and I've got you know the stab resistant cloth and all the or like the puncture resistant clothing. Well, that's awesome. I just hit you in the head with an 11-pound sledgehammer. <laughs> you just spent like five grand on all that, and I killed you anyways. Right. It's like so. the, uh, I know it's a little off topic, but it's like, it's like Batman's uniform. Like in the, in the yeah. Dark Knight when he gets that crazy armor, and then he leaves his mouth uncovered. And it's just like, someone could just shoot you right in the mouth, and you're dead. Right, right. I mean. Like, like no, no amount of talking through your throat is going to stop a bullet. Well, Thankfully for him, in those movies, they have really crappy aim. Right. He's never he's never met you know a two tour marine that could mm-hmm. you know shoot him in the mouth from seventy five yards away with a nine millimeter. You know, so you, it, it would be a completely different if it was realistic. You know, right? It, it, that's exactly it. You know, if it was realistic, yeah. Goodbye, Batman. I don't really like Batman, anyways. The Hulk is way better. Agreed. All right. Well, see, I like you a lot now. <laughs> you can be part of his uh, group when the uh, when the apocalypse happens. Excellent. I might I, need I, to be. I, my my backup plan is a is a distance away from here. So. Well, see, I actually had somebody tell me the other day, and it's it's I actually have it happened to me quite often where people are like, "Oh, well, you 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 prepare for this. So when it happens, I'm just gonna come steal stuff from you." First off, good luck. I have a 308 that says you're dead about a mile and a half away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to be really stealthy, well, that's cool because I have a German Shepherd that'll hear you. Right. So be my guest. And then when you get here, it's going to be hell on earth for you because there'll be about, I would say, about four combat vet Marines, a uh, couple uh, army vets. You know, it... It's how you want, how you choose. You know, if you, you think you can, you know, you might as well bring a lot of friends. You can try. Yeah, no, I'm not coming to steal stuff, but like, if you need a chaplain, I'm your guy. <laughs> Actually, see, when you, when you really like break it down, like on people who you'd want in your group, like a lot of things that are overlooked by a lot of people are, you know, the val what you, what that person would bring to the table. And like the thing, like I'm, I'm gonna bring up Walking Dead here. Uh, Father Gabriel is the biggest waste of space oh, on that show. I haven't uh, even watched one it this season, I would, and I agree with you. See, I would totally bring him aboard if he was a conversationalist. I have met some Jesuit priests mm-hmm. that are probably the most intelligent people I've ever met in my entire life. They can hold a, they can hold a conversation about anything. And they don't just have to, you know, straight back to religion or, you know, theology. They can hold a conversation in any facet that you could think of. See, that would be useful to me because if I'm, if I'm, you know, slaving away trying to like, you know, protect our group, you know, let's say we found like a, a safe haven, you know, and so we're doing regular, you know, guard shifts and we're doing shifts in like a garden and we're, you know, we're trying to bring back some semblance of society conversation would be one of those luxuries I'd want to have. I'd want to have somebody intelligent enough around that could, you know, keep me thinking. I, I'm, I'm not a very intelligent person in my own mind. Like, I don't think I'm very intelligent. 
So I like to surround myself with people that are far more intelligent than me. So I can constantly keep pushing myself like mentally. Absolutely. Like, so that would, you know, if back to it, if he, if he was like one of those people, like he, he had, you know, an opinion that was worth a crap that to me, he would be worth his weight, but he is so useless and he is such a coward that it's yeah. just kind of like strap him to somebody at like a meat shield and go do what you need to do. <laughs> that is about right with Father Gabriel. Yeah, I, I, but I I called that from the get go when they first found him. I was like, yeah, that dude's useless. <laughs> help me, help me! I'm stuck on a rock. Mm-hmm. Okay, how'd you make it this far? I'm gonna take your stuff and leave you on this rock. <laughs> Joey, I can see you being one of those guys um, kind of resembling the preacher from um, Mel Gibson's movie, The Patriot. Yeah, I could do that. You got the guy who's in there, he's doing the, uh, he's doing the service and everything, and then Heath Ledger will run in, you know, do a little speech, round up the town, and then you're there like, yeah, well, sometimes you got to defend your flock against the wolves, you know? Yep. See that's that's awesome. That that I can absolutely respect. Um, I'm as far as like my group goes, I am not a nice guy. Like I wouldn't be like Rick. I would be like, all right, I don't know you. You know, it'd be different if you know you showed up with somebody I knew and you were like, oh, you know, the person I trust vouches for you. All right, well I'd let you you know in on like probationary kind of thing. But that whole the whole the whole ZPOC SHTF like group like it's it's a huge group there's a lot of people a lot of tacky cool people a lot of there's a lot of facets to the whole zombie apocalypse thing like the survival issue like there's a lot of the the tacky cool people you know yep they they spend a lot of money on tactical equipment but they've you know they spent 10 grand on it but they don't train with it they don't use it they're they're essentially the guy that gets off work at the office and sits on the you know the boob tube all night you know they don't actually use their equipment they're just kind of like oh well i have it well having it and using it are two different things that's why i like to call it the tacky cool because they get it because they think that it makes them look cooler mm-hmm. and then you actually have people that like veterans that you know that that actually get out of service and they they you know they start companies security companies they they do drill they do practice and they i mean they keep their warrior skills honed i mean that's a completely different ballpark though and those guys are very, very scary. Like, if you ever sit down and talk to them, they're just kind of like, because I never served, they'd be like, yeah, you're a civilian. I don't really give a crap, you know. Even <laughs> even with 10 years of private security background, you know, um, breacher training, uh, crowd control, gang uh, gang affiliate or gang identification, mm-hmm. and all these, like, I, I, would, I'm, I would still be on the outside compared to these guys because they're just insane. Like, they're trained they're motivated. They're scary people. <laughs> That's good to know. I didn't realize, I mean, I think on some level I realized that there were these tiers of people, but I'd never noticed before, I guess. So, Well, in my opinion, uh, they, they like to call themselves the three percenters. Um, they, they're not, they're not really zombie like prepping there. I mean, they're, they are like they would be the people you'd want as your friend in a ZPOC situation, right? 
I mean, they, they train for all the reasons and, but you know, we're all like, we all have our different reasons, but we're all still under, we'd all still be in the same category of like zombie hunter, I guess would be the way to put it. Gotcha. Well, now with, with zombies and everything, is it more of you're looking at offense or defense? That makes them both. See, that's that's a great question because um, uh, if you if you really look at it, like look at the human experience, it has been my experience my whole life. Individual people are smart. Groups of people are remedial and absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my crowd control uh, training, like I, I I did that for six years maybe seven mm-hmm. and I it's it's you can usually talk sense into you know it, this is kind of like the higher end of it but like 10 people you could probably talk sense into about 10 people or at least keep them balanced gotcha but you have 25 people and you have 25 people that are scared they're hungry they're thirsty they're looking for protection you are not going to control it so essentially a zombie you know you, you throw a flesh-eating zombie in there, and you have a group of people that are no longer can, can no longer go to Walmart to get their food. Um, they can't go to their sink anymore and get water, right. and they don't, they can't defend themselves. You're you're looking at a whole host of problems, and and if they're gonna they're gonna see like your neighbor like if your neighbor has any sort of like firearms training or any ability to make it look like he's holding his own, he's going to get overrun by a bunch of people that have no clue what they're doing, have no idea where to begin to defend themselves or provide for themselves. So you have so many different uh, things that you would have to, you, you would have to play the field offensively and defensively the entire time. Makes sense. Like I mean, the one of the one of the problems. We'll go back to the Walking Dead. One of the problems with their little safe haven they had, they weren't pushing the boundaries. They didn't have listening posts out. They didn't. They weren't running patrols. Now these are. This is something. This is something a veteran, a combat vet would would see because they they do that when they when they fortify a position and when they have a base, then they start running patrols. They start running missions, listening missions, ambushes, and they're you know they're 10, 15 miles away from the base. They're there where somebody who wanted to hurt you would be or would be, you know, where they would be trying to find a safe haven that was close enough that if they wanted to hit and run your safe haven, that that it would be far enough that if they fell back, you would it would be hard to go after them, but it'd be far enough that you would feel safe that they wouldn't hit you again. Okay. Gotcha. I don't, I don't know if that made sense. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, that was excellent. I'm just kind of like taking notes. <laughs> so, so let's say it happens tomorrow. And I'm not going to work. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to work. <laughs> well, I, I don't want you to give away any secrets that you may be keeping for yourself. But if it happens tomorrow, where do you plan on going, and how many people you plan on being there with? That's actually a really, really good question. Um, unfortunately, I would probably stay in place in this current time frame, which would, you know, put me and the family on a 30 day or less ticket. But, um, ideally if I had the money, 
I would I would actually have a cabin in a remote place, and I would attempt to get there. Well, wouldn't it? Okay, so being where you live, it's not exactly city, but it is more populated yeah. than where I live. Wouldn't it be more logical for you to head south uh, towards me than staying where you're at? It would, but also at the same time, even though, you know, I came from a small town where everyone knew each other, if I was to, like, go back to that kind of situation, I'd be an outsider. And it doesn't matter what I brought to the table, I'd still be an outsider. It's a fucking apocalypse, man. Who gives a shit? Everybody. <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about your defense. I mean, like, you know, like, you know, wouldn't it be like, you know, finding an abandoned barn out in nowhere? I mean, wouldn't that be the best place to go to? Well, see, that's that's weird, too, because my wife has uh, mixed connective tissue disorder, uh, causes her veins to collapse, and her body can't regulate her internal temperature. So she tends to get very, very cold. I've seen her wearing an all-black hoodie on a beach when it was 90 degrees, and her still shivering, saying she was cold. So a barn would probably not be an ideal situation for us as a family group. So, but you know, my team, my team really involves like my my second in command would definitely be my oldest daughter because she listens well and she she has the mindset where like um, she can she thinks about things and steps like she'll see the grand picture, she'll see what she wants and how to get there, and then she'll follow the steps to get where she wants to be. It's an excellent skill to have, regardless of ZPOC. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like I said, like we we like to play like these little games where you know they're, it's it's bonding time, but it's it's really, mm-hmm. you know, if anything ever happens, she'd be able to be like, oh well, I was playing around this one time with my dad, and he said if something like this happened, we should do this. Well, let's do that, you know. And when it works out, she'll be like, well, now you know, that's what I'm going to do from now on. Yep. Okay. My youngest one is more. Let's destroy everything, deny it when it comes back to us, and move forward. Which, in its own right, is also a good skill to have, I guess. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's your vehicle of choice, then, as far as the zombie apocalypse? Oh, man, you, you have to go. There are, you are going to have a lot of angry listeners when I say my piece on that. Uh, <laughs> Jeeps, man. Flat out. I mean, they won World War for us. You won't go. They're, they're easy to maintain, um, especially if we if we look back, like if we go and we step back into a mechanical uh, time, like mindset, like think like you know maintenance, uh, ease of repair, and like the skill you would need to repair. The the Jeep came with the 4.0 motor for a long time. It came in the Wrangler, it came in the Cherokee. Mm-hmm. It it's just such a great motor. I mean, I had, I've had three of them and each of them have reached over 300,000 miles. And the only reason, really impressive. The only reason they didn't go any further is because the Jeep rusted out around the motor and the drivetrain. So my choice is always going to be a Jeep. They're small. You're not going to fit a lot. It'd be different. Like, like, let's say you took a Dodge Ram, you know, full-size Dodge Ram. You'd have the payload capacity and everything, but it's heavy. With with a Jeep, if I was to unload a Jeep, like, let's say I had gotten stuck, 
and I unloaded the Jeep. I could use a 2,000 pound come along with, you know, 40 feet of chain, and I would literally be able to uh, pull out, you know, my, my Jeep. Who's, I mean, who's it, got it, motor sounds that were perfect right there? <laughs> uh, sorry, it's my work phone. Oh no, that was that was epic. That really punctuated what you were saying as you were saying it. <laughs> so, um, so looking at then, um, you wouldn't go with a truck or a Hummer, or anything with more bulk to it. No. Um, well, see, one of one of my many hobbies is off roading. I really, really enjoy trail riding, rock crawling, mudding, that kind of stuff. And I found that some of the coolest locations you could get to for like camping or hunting, you need to go down, you know, like an ATV path. Well, the Jeeps have the the wheel base to get up an ATV path or, you know, somewhere unpaved. Now you look at like compare your Dodge Ram to my Jeep, man. My Jeep's gonna go further places than your your truck because of the wheelbase and the lightness and you know just that. Although yours would be able to carry more. So I mean if you I, I always I'll always endorse the Jeep, but to an, to answer your question, but the best way to do it is if your group has multiple vehicles. I would suggest, you know, most of them be Jeeps. But you definitely need a pickup truck or, you know, a cargo van, something that, you know, you could stash a lot of stuff in. And basically that would carry all your stuff. And then, you know, your scout vehicles, your Jeeps, you know, could circle in around it to protect it. I got you. Yeah, I mean, mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, I I mean, I I get what you're saying about the Jeep. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm more focused on uh, loving my Dodge Ram for that kind of situation, you know? Well, I mean, there are, there are definite perks to your Dodge Ram. Like, you could ram my Jeep going 70. You're going to drive away, and I'm probably going to be dead. Yeah. But, you know, as far as as far as what my plans would be, my plan would be, you know, like, back to the original the first question you asked, if I was going to bug out and find another location, whatever it was, I would have to use a essentially a goat path to get to where I want to go. My Jeep could do that because of the wheelbase, the lightness, and the, its ability, its four-wheel drivability. Your Ram probably wouldn't fit up one of those paths, and the 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 length of it, you know, would really inhibit the ability to articulate over obstacles. So. All situational, you know, my personal opinion, Jeep. But it's all on where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and your personal your personal uh, preference. I got you, I got you. Right, that makes a lot of sense. And I could definitely see, especially if you've got a distance to go, or, you know, if you're going to keep on the move, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Yep. And, and, a, and a big bulky H1 Hummer. As cool as they are, I mean, they, you gotta admit, everybody has wanted one at one point in time in their life. They're awesome. But I am not going to try and put gas in one of those things. Right. That would cost a lot of money. Well, at that time, I mean, gas, you know, the cost of gas is irrelevant, right? 
Yeah, but think about it this way. You come across, or, or, let's just say you have the original 3.6, or I'm sorry, 6.3 multi, uh, multi-diesel motor in it. And, you know, for craps and giggles, we're going to move from, say, Joliet to Champagne. That's about 113 or 118 miles. Mm-hmm. All right. Your Hummer's got quarter tank of gas. You literally have to stop at every abandoned vehicle you find and try and siphon gas out of it just to have, just to be able to move the Humvee. Mm. Unless, you know, some somebody crashed their Boeing 747 and somehow the whole tank didn't light up on fire and you can just pillage from that. I don't really see it being a practical thing to have to siphon gas at every of at every chance you got you wouldn't you wouldn't get very far you'd be very slow moving and god forbid somebody was chasing you i don't know jeeps my way or or even just having to stop and fight people to siphon stuff from their tanks exactly yeah i mean it makes sense it makes sense it actually um well here's the thing okay first off um I don't want to cut it short, but we're uh, kind of, we're coming close to the end of this. Um, so, the one thing I definitely want to do is like I want I want to come back and revisit this in uh, a future episode. Can okay, we, can we all agree on that? Oh, definitely, oh, definitely. All right, cool. So, so we're gonna we're gonna call this part one of our uh, our conversation because there's so much more we can talk about and so much more I want to talk about. Um, one thing, actually, two things I want to do before you go, Graham. Um, yeah, uh, there's a website um, or a page <laughs> that you uh, you said people could go to. You want to tell us what that is? Um. Well, on Facebook, my favorite zombie group is uh, Zombie World. Uh, one of the admins on there is a personal friend of mine. He's a good guy. He's uh he's actually from uh, the UK. He's a uh, he's a good guy. Um, it's a private group, so you have to request it, but. Um, yeah, I would I would suggest Zombie World, man. Um, unless you're if you're looking for gear, I could go all day with that, you know. Name uh, your top two for gear. Top two for gear, um, Kelty. As far as like tents and like hiking stuff. How do I spell that? Uh, K E L T Y. Okay, so basically the way I thought I was gonna spell it. Yeah, uh, Kelty's got a backpack called the Red Wing, which is. The best, in my opinion, the best civilian pack you could get. Um, they also make amazing. They make great tents and like tarps and that kind of thing. Um, I have a Jonah tarp from them, so I really like. And I also have a two-person uh, backpack tent from them. I like. And uh, the other one, I, I honestly would have to go with like Five Eleven Tactical. As far as I love their pants and I like their. Uh, Concealed carry vest, even though I don't concealed carry. So excellent. I will definitely link to those in the show notes. Perfect. <clears throat> and we'll have to get into some other ones next time we have you. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. Um, and the other thing I want to do before I get you off, um, <laughs> get you off. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. Wow. One thing I do before you leave our show tonight. Uh, okay. I want I want us to do something uh, for next for next time we do this. I'm gonna give you five things I want you to think about for the next show, and I want us all to share. I want us all to do this. Okay. 
want I want each of us to think of one location within the United States that you would travel to instead of base. I want I want a town and a state, and I want to know why. Okay. Okay. I want a vehicle of choice, which Graham obviously gave us our Jeep, but I want a vehicle of choice. I want a certain Jeep. I want one weapon. You get one weapon, and that's it. Don't do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that to me at all. You get you get one weapon. Keep in mind, if it's a gun, infinite ammo, but you get one weapon. How many people are you willing to have in your colony, in your group that you are you know setting up base with? And the biggest... Um, obstacle you think you'll face by doing this sound fair sound like fun yeah i'm, I'm into that perfect so i'll um yeah you know, I'll, I'll remind you guys what it is exactly but um yeah i think that'll be some fun we do and then um next time we uh well whenever we do part two which uh it should be the beginning of january um it shouldn't be that far away um We'll do this. We'll talk about some movies. We'll finish up the survival pack ideas and stuff like that. And then we'll talk some TV shows and stuff like that, too. Awesome. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. By then, I might be caught up on The Walking Dead, so. (laughs) By then, I still wouldn't be watching The Walking Dead. (laughs) It's so good, though. Season two. (laughs) No. Missing out. (laughs) If you watch Fear the Walking Dead, you've got the concept of Walking Dead. I watch neither because me. it, I okay. Here's the thing, I, I don't, I don't hate the concept of zombies. I hate how many different things there are for zombies nowadays. Oh yeah. Between the movies, the TV shows, so that like there's just so much, and it, it's a headache just to keep up with everything. But I, I like the concept of zombies. I like the concept of the survival aspect of in case of a zombie apocalypse. But there's so much zombie stuff out there. It just it becomes like, okay, now what do you really want to enjoy? You want to enjoy the classic movies where things are, you know, mystical voodoo, or you know, you want 28 days later, you know, you know, um, what's that new movie coming out next uh, next year? There's a new, uh, there's a series. The final one's coming out. Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Final chapter. So many different ones. You know, Dawn of the Dead. I mean, there's Sean. I think my favorite zombie movie, Zombieland. Yeah, yeah, well, just because of the you have large fucking snowballs because I'm a huge snowball fan. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I mean, where they had the box of Twinkies in the middle of it that he missed? Yeah. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, they're all over that movie. All you gotta do is just look, and it's like, why doesn't he just turn around right now? We'll uh, <laughs> we'll talk more about that then uh, when we talk again to a uh, part two of this show. Um, okay. I do appreciate you coming on, Graham. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I'll talk to you later, brother. All right, man. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, you too. Thank you. That was fun. That was amazing. I don't. It was very informational. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I I can't wait to do part two of this. Um. I don't want to. I don't want to foreshadow too much, but I believe if we were to guess, uh, part two would end up being uh, was it January 11th, actually. So, um, for those of you who uh, want to listen to part two of this, which I know you're going to because you love hearing us, uh, January 11th we'll be doing the second part of this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I'm excited, dude. Like, like from from now from now on, I mean, like we have so many things set up for our shows coming up. I can't wait to uh, 
keep moving forward with them, especially, you know, number nine. Oh, man. I'm excited. Um, Joey. Yes, every, sir. Every Wednesday, people can find you at this freaking show, but where can they find you on Saturdays? Uh, Saturday mornings, you can find me over on the GeekCast Live podcast at geekcastlivepodcast.com slash podcast. And soon, you'll be able to find me at geekcastlive.ninja. Ooh, changing it up. So stay tuned. Wait, what's that ninja? Uh, it's a new domain that we've acquired. <laughs> Apparently. Because yeah. it's easier to say than geekcastlivepodcast.com slash podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So. Don't know when well, that's going to happen, but I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And for you that, for you guys that don't know, as of right now, we are currently holding a contest for our show. It ends on the 26th, correct, guys? That's right. Yes, sir. It ends the 26th. And some of you may be wondering what exactly this contest is. Well, we are having a contest to have a logo design for our show. Currently, we have one right now. It's a red shirt with a tie. But uh, we kind of feel that's kind of generic, and we kind of want to spice it up and make something our own. So if you guys have any ideas, good drawers, uh, computer art styles, you know, you can submit them. Uh, We have multiple locations you can submit. Uh, You can find them on our site in our description. (laughs) And I know we'll also plug them. But, yeah. Yeah. Feel free to submit your entries, and we'll judge them. And there will be a prize given out to the person of choice that we pick. Indeed, that's correct. Yeah, you could uh, you can submit all your um, you know designs, pictures to uh, our website, this freaking show. Or I'm not sorry, our website, or email at this freaking show at yahoo.com. Put them on our Facebook, our Instagram. <laughs> um, any. Any designs will do. You know, it's not just one design. It's, you know, as many designs as you want to submit. Uh, we'll uh, go into uh, midnight on the 26th. At that point, we'll reveal it on uh, Wednesday's podcast, the following Wednesday's podcast, and uh, announce the winner. Um, I think next week I may actually finally decide on what the prize is going to be. Um, I'll, I'll run by you guys, see if you guys agree with it. I think, Joey, you actually had the idea for it that I kind of like. Um... And uh, you can catch us on uh, Facebook at This Freaking Show. You can look for us on Twitter at This Freaking Show. You can catch us on Instagram at This Freaking Show. Go to our website, thisfreakingshow.com, where you can find this uh, podcast as well as the other podcasts from previous. As always, I am Travis. I'm Awkward Colin. And I'm Geekcast Joe. Thanks for listening to This Freaking Show. I'm out. <laughs>